1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for
2: select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
3: Being with Formula Nerds has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. So join us. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel right now.
4: <laughs> oh, I love
1: it. <laughs> that. That's really
0: nice. our intro. Lightweight-
1: Hello and welcome to The Cut to the Race podcast by the Formula Nerds. Today
0: we have Will. Onewheel. Hello mates. Yes, thank you for having me. again. Yeah, good to be back.
1: No problem at all. We have lovely Emma. How are you today?
4: Fine, thanks.
1: Good. You've got a good delay there, so that's going to that's going to be fun in the edit. <laughs> and we've also got not one guest, but two guests. We've got Jamie
2: and hello Jenny. How are you?
3: Hello we good. We sound like a cartoon character We're of are children.
2: very true. Jamie and Jenny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so for our listeners who don't know who you are, and I've done this perfectly, I've set this up perfectly, would you like to tell us what it is you guys do and um, a little bit about yourselves?
2: Shall I go first?
3: After you. Jens oh. first.
2: Okay. Uh, so I am a producer at Sky Sports F1. And I've been with Sky for, crikey, nearly 16 and a half years. Uh, I've worked across all sports, but since we had the rights in 2012 at Sky, I've been working across our coverage for them, doing all sorts of stuff. So having to travel out to the races, having to film interviews back at base in Osterley, having to go abroad for various things and meeting lots of weird and wonderful people and just generally having a very nice time covering um various different parts of motorsport, but primarily F1. And I am married to... Me. You. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, so, uh, hello, everyone. Um, thanks for having us on. My name is Jenny Gao. I am a presenter, broadcaster, journalist, jack of all, master of none. Um, when it comes to most things that are motorsport related, whether it was, I don't know, rallying, speedway, where I started, or... Latterly, Formula E, Extreme E is coming, and of course Formula One, which I do with um, BBC Radio 5 Live.
1: For, sorry, the first question, this wasn't written down, but how on earth do you guys find time to see each other?
3: This is it.
2: This is probably the first time we've seen each other all year, really.
3: Well,
2: no, <laughs> 24/7. no, I try and avoid you as much as I can finding jobs around the house to do. It's in separate rooms. No,
3: no point, actually. It is. True.
2: Generally speaking, other than the last year, of course, where everyone's had a, a very dour time, um, it has been quite a, a common thing of ships in the night, really, isn't it? You travel to most of the races, where I was primarily based back at home. Now it's kind of flipped a little bit.
3: Yeah, it is a surreal life both working in the same industry, um, you can imagine the chat we have. Oh, it's hilarious. So yeah, keep
0: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. As we
2: just as we just told you before we, we recorded that we just put our four year old daughter to bed. So it's generally toilet habits of a four year old or F one in this house. That's kind of what we talk about mostly.
1: I think that's probably on my sort like... of way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
4: like my household.
1: <laughs> um. So, who's the bigger motorsport fan? That allows you two because you both got pretty good credentials there. But who who who's the person who at the end of the weekend goes,
2: "Told you so"? Both of us. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to come out and be completely honest. I was never a huge motorsport fan growing up. I used to watch motorsport as part of loads of sports. So primarily football, but I like kind of martial arts and MMA and UFC and that kind of stuff, boxing. And F1 was something that I worked across and have grown to love rather than being an out. I work with some lovely people, and there's two particular people that if they're listening will know who they are, but they are the two out-and-out geeks of our team that can can relay information from the 1950s race, who came third, who came 12th, who had an engine blowout, on what lap, on what... T- I, haven't, I don't have that knowledge at all. But I've grown to love the sport and kind of... politics behind it and the more you delve into it the the more interesting it becomes so i i am not one of those people that's been watching it since i was a kid i used to watch silverstone and monaco growing up some of the other races a bit later on in life but as i say primarily it's like 2012 i've been fully ensconced in formula one and i've kind of realized what i've been missing growing up because it's there's so many elements to the racing not just on the track but behind it Mm. people that are kind of managing the, the tech that goes into it and then how that transfers elsewhere There's so many elements to f1 that people don't really realize and that's kind of what gets on my nerves a little bit when you have that that age-old, age-old debate of is it the driver is it the car oh. <laughs> L- lewis can't be that great because he's got the best car and yes there are elements to that but it's so much more than that
1: I did ask Matt Bishop that question the other day and I I thought he was going to tell me off for asking him. Um, (laughs) He nearly did, to be fair, mate. Yeah, he did. I edited that bit out. Um, But um, no, it's interesting you've said that, Jamie, because for me... I find the more that I understand F one, and the more I understand the it, the inside workings of it, the more interesting it gets. Because yeah. you know, if if I talk to you know my, my pal in the pub or whatever, he's like, mate, it's just a car going around a track. But as you said, once you get to understand actually what's involved in this, it's addictive, right?
2: Yeah, completely. I completely agree. It's the it's, it's the racing in itself so when you're kind of trying to find that next tenth or whatever it is and trying to get one up on your team or and these even just the inter-team dynamics as well you've got the two drivers that have got the same in theory the same car and that could be vastly different as well um but when you break everything down as to i mean i've been fortunate enough to see lots of the f1 cars without any of the covers on without any of the chassis on and you see underneath and it is a work of art you kind of go I can't measure a piece of wood to put a shelf up in my house, probably (laughs) probably by an inch. So when you're talking about millimetres going that way or that way, how are these people doing it? And then you go behind the scenes and you see the computer graphics, reams and reams of people and very, very talented teams of engineers, designers, all just collaborating together. How, two, you know, like 3,000 people come together to make that one car and then someone just driving it like they've stolen it kind of thing and it's I'm just I kind of always have to pinch myself and go I I kind of like to come at it things and certainly features and when we do stuff with our coverage because I'm not that uber geek I have to kind of go what would the average fan want what would the uber fan want what would we be missing if I didn't cover this as a, a sort of area to to film or what have you or a question to ask a driver um, so I hope I kind of bring that element to it that I can kind of encourage people that don't have the love for the sport, but then you're catering for the people that do have the kind of you know, the final knowledge
0: that's absolutely fascinating I mean just basically what you've just said is exactly this I, I, I feel I have the same sort of relationship I, I, unlike my uh, colleagues I never grew up with F1 it's not mm. something my family's ever been interested in they barely liked football to be honest very English when played cricket uh, in the uh, in the Maitland rounds um, and uh, finding out about the amazing history the way that um, these huge teams of what are essentially industry leading professionals you've got engineering um, graduates who are at the top of their class who know unbelievable amounts of uh, Uh, of intricate info about you know just three sort of three feet of small components on the back of a car is it's unreal absolutely unreal and uh yeah i I mean i i don't know where that you know how that can correspond to like you know how a fan would break it down in their minds but just reminding yourself that these are the sorts of chaps and, and and chapettes who are working and 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 going flat out to make these unreal machines it's um yeah it's quite stunning
2: yeah, and it's, as you say, the, the, the history part of it as well is fascinating. Um, the kind of legacy that some of the older hands have, have put into where we are now. And the safety element as well. And then we kind of look at incidents like Grosjean last year, walking away from something like that, and you go, how the hell did he do that? Um, for people that might not be familiar, he obviously had a, a huge fireball accident in Bahrain and walked away and... I can't remember what the G was that he pulled, but it was a ridiculous amount of G force going through the barrier. Um, But just the safety elements that the guys have created around that. So not only have you got a a bloody fast car, but to walk away from what should be, Mm. let's call it what it is. uh, He shouldn't, he shouldn't have walked away basically. Mm. And now he's kind of onto, where is he now? He's NASCAR, is it, or Indy? Indy Car. You know, the, the guy shouldn't be around, but he's well and safe because of, what the guys have pioneered for safety elements for drivers. And that's another small part of a very large umbrella of stuff that kind of surrounds surrounds F1 and what, as you say, the guys and girls are unbelievably good at creating. So uh, just for
1: our, our our listeners who, who you know, they, they sit down on a Sunday and they might watch the, the build-up show on Sky Sports, watch the race and then, you know, watch the, the post-show – how much work goes into those hours that people sit and they just watch for a little bit they probably get told off for watching too much f1 in that fact but how much production goes into bringing this to life?
2: it go there's a lot It, it, it people will probably be surprised and I kind of trawl through Twitter and social media platforms and you know you can't please everyone sometimes. We generally seem to please a lot of people. And I get the idea of stuff being behind paywall frustrates people sometimes as well. But that's why we make damn well sure that we get the best minds together, the best creative people. We try and get the best editors, try and get the best access and try where we can to give people things that they've not seen before, or not heard before. And again, try and recall that, that, um, that feeling of not taking things for granted and our position for granted. Because you need to have the next generation of fans and kids. So, as I said, we've got a four-year-old daughter between Jenny and I. So, we don't want to exclude her, A, because she's young or because she's a girl or female. So, you're trying to kind of cater for that element as well. But we have regular meetings, obviously. We discuss what we're going to try and, try and achieve. Um, Say so the last year has been very interesting in itself. What you can actually do with a driver you can't get them in a car next to each other because you have to be two metres apart. They're always wearing a mask, which actually helps with regards to editing. Um, in, inside inside knowledge here is sometimes what you see might not be what you're hearing, if that makes
1: sense. <laughs> as <laughs> as this podcast, I think. I can relate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> because you can kind of cheat things because you can't see the intonation or the mouthpiece moving into that. So, but yes, there, there's, a, there's a dedicated team um
3: how many are in your team
2: so we have two producers who kind of alternate most rounds one on site one back at sky uh, i'm just trying to think what information is interesting because last as it's only as of last two years everything's done remotely we have a team on site at um as we call it the ob's the outside broadcasts so we send a small team on site but everything else directing producing is done back at sky in australia um, and there'd be a team of about 15 people in a gallery back at base and that's relayed information to the people on site um, actually at the, the round of the Grand Prix um, so most of the talent or presenters um, are on site plus a small team to kind of help them get get through life so away, and abroad.
0: and just just for our just for our listeners who might not know comparatively to what sort of used to be the norm and correct me if I'm wrong but you would usually have several um, uh, broadcast trucks outside or or sort of in and dotted around the paddock with some pretty beefy transmitters and then you'd have a gallery there where all of the um, live producing would be done so as a as a change uh, and that is quite a revolutionary change I would have said to the way that stuff's done is that made life easier or or how does it it affect the, the final product in any way
2: it's taken a lot of hard work from a lot of intelligent people back at sky and don't get me wrong a lot of this stuff is over my head um but to kind of even just to cater for time delays between bouncing feeds to satellites and back in some sort of triangular motion there was like four or five seconds so what crofty david croft the commentator might be commentating on it was originally before we started going live about four or five seconds kind of behind. He's Dealing with some serious delay, so you have to kind of cater for that. So then that has to be trimmed and trimmed and trimmed until basically what he's reporting on is kind of live as it gets, is like a, a, a fractional delay. But it's it's difficult. It's really difficult. And you, as I say, the producer is based in London, but there is an on-site producer that's kind of um, dealing with the PR people and the team team reps and stuff. So let's say I don't know, um, Lance Stroll's on the podium. Gasly had his first win. You've got someone on the ground going off to collate all these different interviews that we can get actually in our presentation off the back. Um, why are you laughing? At?
3: <laughs> because you don't in, have that. In essence, Jamie and I—got you were there—end up producing <laughs> the same stuff. Yes. The 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 kind of amount of content over a weekend is is relatively similar. Yeah. There are four people in our team, which is why I asked him how many people in his team. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't actually answer that, 100? did I? Was oh 100? no! Oh, in not hundred. So, I wasn't part of the F1 team when we first got the the rights. He never answers my questions. I'm getting so. there. I'm like a politician. I'm very. And he's become part of the
0: interviewee team now. This is yes. yes. Can we tell that we have a married couple on the podcast? <laughs> <Yeah>. as Clang
2: <well? laughs> from the sidelines.
3: Well, i have a full-on Barney in a minute.
2: <laughs> from what I remember, when we first had the rights, I I don't want to. Say something that's not right or true, but I think we sent about 120 people to the first race. Four. And Four of us. when we first turned up, and I say we as a collective, I wasn't there, but when Sky turned up, we had our uniforms, which looked very similar to Williams's uniforms. Everyone's like, who the, f- who is there a new team? What's going on? What's
0: going
2: <laughs> we like, Kulos and Giles. is like, what the hell's going on? And then it was like, oh, Sky are on board. And at that point, we, I think that the, the team had been given carte blanche to like, go out there, cover it as best as you can, do what you want. If you want a helicopter filming a helicopter filming a helicopter, go for it. Mm. So the, the team that had it in 2012 uh, were very, very good, very, very lucky. Again, another skillful team. But there was, crikey, I think there was about 30 in the team. Now we've been shrunk, shrunk, shrunk. And there's probably a, a core production team of six or seven of us two producers Gosh. and boss, and then the presenters, I mean, there's 50, I think it's 15 presenters. <laughs>
1: so like, they're all presenters.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of go like you've got your bundles, your crafties, your Davidsons, your Rosbergs, your buttons, um, your directs, yeah, your Teds, your Natalie's, your Rachels. So it goes on and on and on. So we've almost got two presenters to every person working kind of as a core member of the team, but as a technical collective, there's probably about
0: 30 or so people. But, any more cameraman on sides? Do you know? Do you know, are you short of a few?
2: It's, it's one of the questions we get asked the most, actually. Is, like, is there space in your suitcase at all? Can camera? Go for it. I mean, by all means, we kind of like, we welcome new people, new faces, new ideas. It's great. I mean, we had, um, again, sort of inside stuff. We've got two new members of the team. One of them, bless her, she joined beginning of last year. She joined the week before Australia. Oh. And we were sat in the gallery turning up going, is there a race? What's going on? What's, the, what's the, That's That information is being relayed from Australian team to us going, yep yeah, it's all fine apparently. It's all going ahead. No worries at all. Like, really? And then sort of seeing the news reports that um, America had closed their borders. Mikel Arteta, the Arsenal manager, had COVID. And was like, what the hell's going on? Why are we in Australia? And then I was speaking to Jen, who was on site with the Five Live team. And then it all just became this cluster of sh- shite basically <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say the F word then I was going to say a cluster you said a few different words word. before no.
1: noise came out I think
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. you uh, censored yourself yourself I did, really I did. ever what? the
2: professional um, but yeah then obviously it all happened but this our, our new producer one of the one of the APs that joined the team bless us she joined and it's like right everyone in lockdown so it's kind like, of oh crikey I've just joined the team and then we had a new guy join as well a few few weeks later And we only realised as of a couple of meetings ago that the full team hasn't actually seen each other since February last year. Like we haven't all been in one room at any one time. We've all kind of been doing our roles and we're not allowed at Skype because of COVID, trying to uh, sort of um, reduce the number of people on site and stuff like that. So it's been been an interesting year from that regard, actually, with regards to the amount of people that we've had on site, trying to interact with the drivers and the team principals. So it's been quite a tricky thing to go around, but it's it certainly has changed the last few years from, say, 120 people to about 20 people on site now.
4: With both of you working in the motorsport industry, predominantly with F1, do you both sometimes have healthy debates about things that happen in the races? Like in my household, my husband and I will literally pause the TV and have a debate as to why Vettel spun in a race, something like that. But do the, do the both of you have those sorts of healthy debates at home? Yeah, I it think it's fair to say. We can't pause the race, unfortunately. <laughs> we're, we're
3: both watching it independently. Yeah. But it's it's fascinating because obviously we work with uh, a lot of pundits, a lot of people who have so-called informed opinions. I, I suppose I should have an informed opinion as well. But um, you kind of, you listen to them. And the thing we debate about the most probably is actually what they've said and their opinions because our team will have called it one way. Sky would have called it another way. We'll get home will be like, oh, did you see that? You know, I remember Vettel, Canada. Mm-hmm. And I think Martin called it one way and Jolian called it another way um, with the uh, Lewis Hamilton on track collisions. Um, and uh, <laughs> we're kind of both quite defensive of our own production,
2: obviously. Funny that.
3: hmm. <laughs> So that's fun.
2: But we do debate. Yeah. Like I say, it's generally the sort of toilet habits of a four-year-old daughter or...
3: We don't debate that. No, we don't it's debate
2: just that. shit. <laughs> <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> um,
3: I'm allowed to swear on this. I'm not allowed to swear on the BBC, so it's all going to come out.
1: <laughs> Enjoy it. I'll mark this as explicit, this show.
2: <laughs> Dirty Jamie and Jenny show. That's, that t- That's t- a t- very t- different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: now explicit x-rays that's
2: when the webcams come out. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, we on no i should dress myself nah. in the... um, we've
3: taken uh, we've taken the zoom call outfit to a whole new level
1: <laughs> when i said i wasn't recording this for publishing i may, we'll see <laughs> policy
0: has changed since then
2: <laughs> but we do we do discuss a lot of our the, the launches that have happened the last week or so, like, what do you make of that delivery? Like, oh, it's all right. It's the same as that. One. Like, no, it's not. It's completely different. No, it's not. It's exactly. I think that's the, beauty of, domestic.
3: that's the beauty of sport and certainly the beauty of motorsport is that it, it doesn't matter whether you are the most educated person in the world on Formula One or you've just turned on the telly and seen you know the news, you still have an opinion and your opinion actually is just as valid whether you've just turned up to the sport or whether you've been in it for years. And I think sometimes people within the paddock forget that. Mm -hmm. They kind of feel like, oh, I've I've been here for 500 races, so my opinion is louder and more valid than yours. Actually, no, that every opinion is just as valid.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think that's sort of why people like listening to this podcast, because we're not necessarily right in the middle of it all and we have opinions and we like to talk about it and we like to discuss things and make bold predictions which normally go wrong um, <laughs> but uh yeah i've shown no, myself with, uh, with monaco going ahead i said no nope, it is not going to go ahead and i published that
0: and now i look like an idiot well, anyway. it still
3: hasn't it still hasn't you've got time
0: <laughs> he's going to row back on it all he's going to eat yeah <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll unpublish that episode um jenny you you do Every type of media, really. You do TV, you do broadcasting, radio, podcasting. Do you have a favorite?
3: No, <laughs> I get asked this a fair bit. I have to admit, and um, each have their very own unique sort of selling point in a way to me and uh, an attraction. Um, radio is very intimate and very immediate. TV is obviously a larger exposure, and you can do really creative treatments. Uh, writing is just a beautiful craft that you can really get into and and immerse yourself with. Um, So I've I've kind of, I I love them all, um, and at different times, it's it's nice. It's a little bit like your wine cupboard. You go to your wine cupboard, you want something a little different tonight because it goes with something else. So it's like picking whichever you prefer, but they're all delicious.
2: A cheeky Merlot. No, um,
3: I
1: don't drink red wine, yeah. You know, I, I, I do like a Merlot. we'll have one of those when we're out of I'm, lockdown.
2: I'm now stick um, yeah. So it's interesting <laughs> because Jen will go, but it's really good idea, but it kind of sucks for radio, it would work for sky only or you know, like a TV output because you need something visual, work, it would never come across on radio. So we do kind of brainstorm actually quite a lot with each other for each other, um.
3: Are we allowed to say that?
2: I was just Sharing saying. is caring. Well, this is this is the thing. So
0: we, get we shot by someone. We never. The BBC will be like what? <laughs> <That's> what <laughs> Rupert Murdoch knocks on your door the next morning. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you've been saying some very derogative things about Sky.
2: Yeah, very dear. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I've come to censor you. <laughs> 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 I've
3: got both, both out of work.
4: Now, <clears throat>
2: <laughs> no we don't do it to come we we've never done it to compete and we've always respected each other's boundaries of both privacy and and an interesting one is kind of information so Jen Jen's a mine of information she's got her own contacts I don't have anywhere near the same contact list as Jen understandably because she was up and down the paddock sort of eight or nine years every race weekend garnering information for the guys that are listening to the radio station and stuff like that. I don't have that I don't have that dealings with the team. Mine's very much a behind the camera filming one person with our, our presenters or something like that. But we kind of, we have to respect each other's tidbits of information. I might hear something from Sky or our guys and it's kind of very much tight-lipped because I have to respect that that um, that knowledge and vice versa. But when it comes to something like, as I say, you're going oh they've got an opportunity to send this driver here here or there and was like that'd be really good for your tv stuff it doesn't really translate for me so maybe you can get in touch and we'd get in touch and something works and vice versa blah blah blah. so it's an interesting dynamic where we have to respect the boundaries and borders of of yeah. our overlaps
3: I think there have been very few times where I've felt like I can't tell you something that's happened there are occasions where I just like clam up and say look Jake something's happening, I can't tell you, but you're going to love it. (laughs) And I just tease.
1: That would terrify me. (laughs) That could be anything.
3: Is everyone related? I am terrifying, clearly.
1: (laughs) Um, Well, in the media, you obviously have to be fair and treat all the different teams and drivers equally, but you've still got to have a favourite, right? And especially being closer than anyone, you've got to... You've got to see who you think is actually the most brilliant, because you see more than anyone else does.
3: Who watches this at the paddock? Do you know?
1: <laughs> no one at all.
3: Fine, that's fine. Otherwise, I would just say them clearly.
1: Oh, everyone then, as in dri- as in driver, <laughs> who's our favourite driver? Yeah, yeah. So, so who over the years have you sort of really taken to? And and I don't want to steer this in any way, so I'm not going to elaborate on that at all.
3: I mean, you're
4: already wearing a Mercedes.
0: Was, yeah, this is so loaded, mate. <laughs> I, Oh, oh, Ollie! <laughs> uh, this is a Formula Nerd's podcast, not one with mail on Sunday. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, am I allowed to say that? Probably not, am I? <laughs> I'm falling apart
2: now. Get it now.
0: I'm just going <laughs> to get sued.
2: I would have to say, out uh, the current crop, uh, I have a lot of love for Lando. I have a lot of love for Daniel ricardo I think they're
3: <laughs> you are pleasing everybody. It's amazing.
2: I think their dynamic <laughs> this year is going to be interesting. Um They're obviously two of the, the most open, smiley, happy to be there. And that's kind of as again, kind of coming at it as a, as a non-Uber Geek fan. Talking to Uber Geek fans. Some of the drivers just look like they've got the weight of the world on their minds. <laughs> Just cheer the hell up. It's like you're driving one of the best cars.
0: you <laughs> <laughs> uh, You've essentially just described F1 from about 2008 to about 2014. Just people in beige race suits going, uh, yes, it was a difficult <laughs> corner, uh, I can't pass.
1: But, okay, are they going to be those two? the absolute target for Sky F1? Because if I was working for Sky F1, I'd be like, right, we have got the two perfect drivers here to put in cars together to do all the features with.
2: So ahead of every season, Sky is generally lucky enough to have time with, um, it was always certainly Mercedes. So there is a lot of features um, that we film pre-season, which we then kind of drip feed throughout throughout the year.
3: Have you seen the milk one with Carlos Sainz and Lando? So
2: good. Literally
3: How many many times have you seen it? All right, don't Uh, slow
2: the channel.
3: Well, it's on a lot. Like every week it's on three times. It's very funny. You did a really good job with it.
1: They're just making sure everyone knows they did a good job, aren't they? It's not as as often as the Martin Brundle on the grid walk.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I will... (laughs)
0: Should I not on that? there? Sorry. Jamie's going to
2: feed Disclaimer. you back. Disclaimer is, I don't represent Sky's <laughs> views, but I do think there is a lot of repetition on our channel, which we are we, we, are, we are desperately trying to address. Last year, last year we had very big hopes of changing and filling and stuff, but that fell by the wayside by where and what we could film and how it was restricted. So it is something that we know we need to address, I think. Yeah. Um, but yes we to come come back to the Sorry. the original point have a very um, <laughs> how very day how very dear you <laughs> how very dear we had some time with the mclaren guys pre-season so we have some great features coming out in the year between the two of them um there should be some teasers coming out soon as well because we've got a pre-season show on the 18th filming on the 18th coming out on the 19th which we should hopefully have some team principals and drivers involved, but there should be some teasers to come out, which should show some of the good stuff uh, between the two guys, because I think Lando and Daniel, I I mean, I did like Lando and Carlos's dynamic as well. They seem to genuinely get on and respect each other and race fairly Mm. and enjoy their jobs. Um, Daniel Ricciardo is an interesting one. Um, So we shall see what those two guys are like because Lando's no longer the newbie. Lando's was year three now. So he can no longer be classed as the rookie. He's got to prove himself. And Daniel Ricciardo is a very good measure outside of the kind of the usual Mercedes duo and, and Max really Uh, I'd be interested to see what happens with Vettel. But um, yeah, so those, those guys are good. I I do, I can only respect Lewis. I know that he has his, he's one of those Marmite figures of people love him or they hate him. So Lewis, Sir Lewis, yeah. Um, And you can't deny the guy has done something that no one thought was going to be possible of equaling Schumacher's record. Mm. Um, It's once in a generational type thing to ever happen. So I Um, I have to respect his... I do like Max as well, I have to say. I like his kind of no BS approach. Very, very um, monosyllabic, but actually is a very, very gifted young driver.
0: Just just going back to just briefly what you said there about, um, lando and daniel uh, for, uh, from my perspective it seems almost and it might be a bit odd to say <laughs> it's too easy to make a good piece of content with them because they're such kind of uh you know bubbly sort of energetic personalities with with drivers like um just thinking back when verstappen was with ricardo as a teammate the pieces of content that sky and red bull respectively put out on them always seemed a bit deeper a bit more interesting and you I feel like you've got a really much more genuine sense of who the drivers were do you think there's going to be any pairing this year that will give us a little bit more of that sort of uh, not necessarily unsmiling but m- more real and honest approach I know you go I
3: know this is the stuff we're up debating because I'll be like
1: oh um I can guess who it isn't
0: sorry quantify realism what sense well as in sort of um uh, personal sort of genuine yeah the genuineness of their relationship as well i feel like the way that ricardo and lando have been talked up and i I really feel they've been talked up a lot by um you know different outlets to be sort of the two most hilarious drivers ever this is going to be just memes everywhere and Mm. i think actually if you look at I think really that's a bit untrue and there are other drivers and other pairings who are going to have a little bit more of a
2: kind of genuine chemistry I'm kind of excited to see what Signs and the Clerk will be like Um, again two very young gifted drivers in the most prominent um shittest girl (laughs) ha
0: Ah, that's it. That's the start of the podcast, mate. Yep, that is the <laughs> clip that's, cut. That's the teaser. <laughs> that's uh, the tickets to Maranello sorted.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God! They they're desperate to come back to what they were. It, there's a lot of pressure to drive for Ferrari. Everyone wants to drive for Ferrari. Um, a, cl- a very big deal, which I don't think has happened before in the history of Ferrari. And Sainz, bless him, was onto a winner at McLaren and has transferred into a bit of a, as we've just said, shipmobile. Dog. Um,
1: but he covered it very well in the driver launch, didn't
2: he? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm kind of intrigued by that dynamic. Um, who's going to be real? You, you go. You go with me. I'll have a little think. You go with. Who you think.
1: By the way, there, we do not mention the name of the number two driver at Has. Just, just for reference on this podcast. That's fine, okay. we're not going
3: there anyway. I <laughs> did
1: think you were for here, but...
3: Dynamic, real, deep relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but what I see from everything so far is that the two of them are just like at the other end of the dressing room, not wanting to discuss anything about life together. Um, but I think uh, you've obviously got um, the Red Bull duo, which is going to be fascinating with Verstappen and Perez. I just think that's going to be an incredible but the relationship I think that will be the deepest and and most interesting to watch develop is the one between Ocon and Alonso it's gonna be fascinating so Alonso doesn't even turn up for the launch because he's got a sore jaw um and has to stay in bed or something I don't know um, So he doesn't turn up for the launch at all and then you've got Ocon who's got like a little bit of the weight of the world on his shoulders, but then he realises he's driving alongside Alonso. He's never going to beat
2: him. Oh,
1: that's big work.
3: This is Alonso.
1: Well, well, their, their reserve driver was announced this week, wasn't it? And just before we started this show, I was talking to Will. Will, do you want to reveal your theory on why that was announced?
0: So I reckon the reason that they're announcing Kvyat um, as the reserve is because they're worried about Alonso's long-term health implications after this after this accident. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, and I've, even if I was, I don't think it'd make much odds. Um, but I, I do. I don't think that there's uh, a, a, a sort of there's not much confidence is what I'm trying to say in Alonso. Uh, personally, I don't. I don't get what the hype is about. I know I'm I'm only 21, so I haven't seen much F1, and I wasn't there for Alonso's glory days, but. I don't I I don't think that he's going to be that amazing and I think the reason they've got Kvyat is because they're going to go right well he's a bit boring and his jaws playing up uh sit out for this one grandpa we'll have we'll have the young russian <laughs> oh, in and it'll be yeah. a bit of interesting. I to
3: red card you you can turn yourself onto mute for the next 2 minutes that's an outrageous stunt
0: Because I'm not an Alonso superfan.
3: Yeah, it's not about being an Alonso fan, but I, I, just, I feel you've gone one step too far. This is on the on the step of madness.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not disagreeing that he was a great. To, obviously, to win two world championships, you can't do that by sitting around. Um, but I don't know. He's not. He, he hasn't. He hasn't. Maybe it's just the coverage. But he so, not I've got a side me.
1: question, Jenny. Who won the um, 2020 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix?
3: wasn't Alonso.
1: He <laughs> was he was the star of the show wasn't he in his um in his old yeah, Renault.
3: yeah well absolutely it was the most interesting thing that happened all weekend that was such a dull race um i just i think Alonso is box office i think even when the car's going badly his box office everyone still remembers the gp2 quotes from him and i just think you put him in any team he's dynamite he might go slow as a you know, ton of bricks, but the simple fact is he'll make a lot of headlines.
2: Is that terrible? (laughs) That traditional
1: analogy. (laughs) You can tell you're a broadcaster because you're looking forward to the headlines.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was just grabbing things You <laughs> might go as slow as a gp2 driver um but i i just think it will be good value and i think it'll be a, an interesting relationship to watch and i um, don't think kvyat will be in that car at all this year apart from maybe an fp1 randomly in russia
0: i'm sorry i sit all right. i don't i'm not really that bothered i'm just making i'm just staring away <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, 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 I think i sit somewhere between the two of you I think Alonso is a very good driver and will get every last inch out of that car. But there's a part of it that kind of goes, you've had your time, just make way for some of the younger drivers or the drivers that... Who would you
3: rather see in that car? Hulkenberg. Oh, come off it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at
1: that. Hulkenback's going to Mercedes, apparently. Um, I think.
3: Ollie, was that you saying Hulkenberg?
1: Yeah, going to Mercedes, apparently, isn't he now?
3: I did see that there was a reserve driver. I think that all the teams after last year's debacle of reserve drivers not being in the right place at the right time and the whole COVID process have suddenly realised that actually having a named reserve driver is kind of useful.
1: Or one who has a Porsche and will turn up when you need him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who I'd rather see, but there are people that have kind of transferred to Formula E and you kind of go... They should have given their chance a little bit more like red Red Bull.
3: What to Costa? Something like that.
2: Well like a I'd like to I I don't know. Like a Sean Eric Verne seeing what he's up to and the Yes, Buimi. Jeff.
4: Yeah, that Sebastian Buemi.
2: Yeah. But there's there's some interesting people in other series that have kind of been poo-pooed by F1 or spat out by the F1 machine. Well, there was, there was a
1: rumour last night out of nowhere that uh, Ferrari's team principal was sacked. That was unbelievable, wasn't it? I mean, I'm sure all the news outlets were watching this going, BS.
2: I saw that gaining ground, actually, but then I realised it was, I think, the person that came out and said it was all taken out of context slightly or it was his own opinion rather than um, fact that Bonotto was out. <laughs> it's amazing. I so mean, at the end of every evening, it's kind of like, "Did you see this on Twitter?" Yeah, I did. Did you see this on Twitter? No, I didn't. So we kind of have to remind each other what what stories are there and stuff. But yeah, not was supposed to be ousted once they realised what the twenty twenty two cars like.
1: It's funny you say that. We we wrote, we um we actually translated an, uh, something from Twitter from the French media when Alonso had his bicycle accident, and um, we, we we did an article about it. And we got it straight out. And all the comments on there said it's not on Sky Sports, so it's not official. And they said that it was all fake news. So if you haven't written it first, basically we can't
2: write it now. Do you know what? Funnily enough, Sky is one of the things I was most surprised about in the years that before I fully joined the F1 team is that we never really broke stories. We always generally reported what was already out there. And I think a lot of that stems from... um, outlets basically getting stuff out that's incorrect but doing it very very quickly and i think there's been a few people i, I couldn't name them. i'm not trying to name names or put anyone under the bus but sky kind of learned from that and kind of, well, we'd better just make sure so i think we have a a, a protocol of it has to be confirmed by three independent sources before we even touch it with a barge pole
3: and by independent sources this does not mean go on social media and find three tweets that say it's already there it's one of my biggest bugbears as a journalist you have to take responsibility for what you are doing and what you're putting out there and i see it all the time you just copy paste rip it from somebody else and put it out there because you've seen it from two different media sources online, that is not a source. And as a journalist, you will get stung if you sit there watching Twitter and go, "Oh well, they've reported it, so it must be right." You need, as a as a proper, respected journalist, you have to go and confirm that for yourself. Don't just rip and read it. It
2: drives me mad. Or Sorry. you, or, or you <laughs> use the right terminology, reportedly, or you know. Allegedly, allegedly, yes. That, that According to, have
0: I got news yeah. for you? Get around.
2: According to John from Norwich, <laughs> uh,
0: he was on our podcast last. for
3: biggest fan.
0: Norwich John. <laughs>
1: I wanted to. I wanted to ask both of you actually. So we, we've had basically the car reveal week this week. Well, a bit of the week before, and we're still going to see a red car, but we know what it's going to look like. Um, yeah. It was there was a range of launches from. You know, earlier in the week, you just had you had Red Bull just put a picture on Twitter. You had you, you had unlocking vaults. You had an app that then got hacked and didn't work. I mean, th- this is the craziest launch season I've ever seen. What, what what did you guys make from sort of the more inside of this, the the, the reveals?
2: I I said to numerous colleagues that this year felt really really good. Um, I think from memory, last couple of years that I can remember, it's kind of like ta-da, someone pulls back a curtain at testing. And it's like, that's our reveal. And I could understand it if it was in the COVID world and you've kind of you know, got restrictions and stuff, but I've been genuinely impressed by a lot of the team's attempt this year of bringing back a bit of glitz and glamour around, let's say, it's, you know, it's a livery launch rather than a car launch, let's say, but it's this is our car, we're excited about it, you are going to hear from the key people, and they've gone to a really, really big efforts. And I had to be across quite a lot from my, my background was primarily digital. So I had to do a lot of digital streaming, creating clips and highlights and stuff for the, the mobile phone and iPad apps and stuff. So I was kind of dealing with a lot of the launches from Sky's perspective across our YouTube platform and across our web platform. And I was genuinely impressed because it's, it's they all seem to be very, very different. We had a hand in the McLaren one, so we were there filming it for them and with them, working in conjunction with McLaren. Um, And then some of the other guys we get given the kind of details, sort of the back end of the tech side of stuff, and we can piggyback off of their launch and show it on our platform. But McLaren's is really, really great use of the kind of fan wall. They really get it with the fan interaction. I think they're one of the best teams with regards to that. Um, Video messages to the drivers, but you hear from Andreas and you hear from Zach. Um, Alpine was brilliant as well. I love their I love their heritage pieces that they they cut both them and, and Aston. I I had a few rice smiles for the Aston for the Aston Mar- Martin, Martin Lord. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not reading this question at all. Oh, wow. who, who is this to? Oh, that, um, who am I addressing? I
0: <laughs> I dies. I think that's me. Yeah, which right, was the great. team? I've
1: forgotten which was at th- two frames per second, um, on on the F1 stream. So it was broadcast live on F1 Facebook, and there were about thirty thousand people watching. The, I think it was Alpine actually. With Alpine, it was wasn't it? That Alpine. was a disaster.
2: We had um, we were we had that on as I say on our platforms. we were kind of what's called simulcasting, so going live at the same time as them, and we saw a lot of Twitter comments saying you should go to Sky because their, their streams are actually steady and robust, which was which is great from my perspective. It was, right. such a shame. it was such a shame. It genuinely was such a shame because Alpine obviously went to a lot of effort. I love their hologram setup. I thought it was such a clever way to do it in COVID and say so the heritage thing and the, the kind of CGI and the augmented reality of the reveal and bloody hell, we're in the middle of the Alps. It's like they've gone to town on it, but you've got people watching like that. Because a, techni- a small technical issue let them down, which is gutting. But, but uh,
3: that's, that's been kind of a little bit of the story of these launches, hasn't it? Is that the intention is there for some of the teams? They're so willing to try and make this work because, for the sponsors, this is a really big platform for them. They've got such a reduced level of activity this year with what they can do that the teams have all realised that actually the launch and livery launch, as you call it, absolutely is a is a great opportunity to share with their sponsors and partners. And they've tried really hard. And if you look at the likes of Alpine and Williams, it hasn't gone right for them and they're being hacked. Who would credit it that this huge plan that they had and they've spent hours trying to put into operation and from the very you know nugget and kernel of the idea all the way through, and then it, it doesn't work. And you have to feel for the teams because it's just someone like you or me Sat there, who's worked darn hard, and and somebody's ruined it for them. I think
2: I saw some of your your tweets from your account saying that you'd had the images in advance and stuff like that, and I think a few other people had. But you kind of go, what really? What like you're spoiling a lot of fun for a lot of people. I mean, there's there's a lot of shite going on at the minute that everyone's dealing with, and you're looking for small victories, and that would have been a really, I as a as I say, someone that has to work or think as creatively as you possibly can, an augmented reality car appearing in your lounge was a really novel idea. Mm, mm, mm. It had so much promise. And then to be let down by some snivelling turd that's kind of gone in the back end of somewhere and stolen it and hacked in... I just think that's unforgivable for a whole team and everyone that's really, really desperate to kind of go. Ta-da!
1: Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And even the Aston Martin, the vault was hacked as well, and the the the, the I think it was the phone wallpaper was leaked um, before. And obviously, we get loads of images f- sent to, from fans and things, and and we had these, and we went, oh pop, pop, put it on Facebook, and then instantly we stopped. We had a, we, we called each other. and We said, right, this isn't the right thing to do. Take it down because. You're absolutely right. We're working in unknown times at the moment. It's not your standard way of working, and people have, you know, it's it's heartbreaking for the Williams app to go down. I I mean, I was really excited for that, and I can't imagine how they all felt back at the team.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, But yes, I I, I mean, going back to your original question, I think the teams have gone all out. Most of them have gone all out. Rebels, basically, exactly the same. Has definitely doesn't have a Russian flag on it.
0: (laughs) Definitely not.
2: he says um there
1: are people on facebook that say that it's the american flag
3: there are, people are they blind that say a lot of things <laughs> have you not heard that's that this whole like coronavirus isn't actually happening
0: no it's not oh, and the my um, control the vaccine's been made by bill gates to track our web activity even more
2: precisely <laughs> they anyway, can see me sat in my pants most days oh my god don't tell
3: me you're on your pants
2: <laughs> they don't know <laughs> they can only see from the waist up <laughs>
3: Simon
2: (laughs) (laughs) what what were your favorite liveries
1: did you have i was was about to ask you the same um it it was the mercedes and then it was the alpine and then it was the aston martin so uh,
2: i i i think alpine was my favorite i think i'd pretty much concur with you on that one um well no it was in that order when when i saw the mercedes like crikey that looks like a beast looks Mm -hmm. like a beast and I don't know if it was just me. I mean, i say a lot of the tech side of stuff, I don't know about the turning veins and which ones are new. That's why we have the likes of Ted and Karun and those people kind of... And me. You, me. Don't, you don't work for Sky. Scott. <laughs> uh, like, I, I don't know about, the say, the turning veins and all that kind of stuff. But it looked like there was a lot of stuff along the side of that package. Kind of going, I don't remember that last year. And it could just be me. I don't know, but... That looked like a beast, and the NAP looked great, and Aston Martin. I don't know; I just like the Aston Martin brand as a whole, anyway. It's the same mm. as
4: Mercedes. So.
2: Yeah, but it's just the kind of I don't know. It's a class. It's a class brand, isn't it? And uh, there was a meme first,
1: that said it looked like a certain shampoo brand, um, and yes. I can't unsee it now. I just can't yes. forget that I've seen that.
2: I, I know the one you mean, and it's sort of watermelon esque.
1: Um, <laughs> I've never used it myself, but uh, when it
2: first when it first got revealed. I was like, oh, it looks a bit like a caterum because I just kind of remember the last major green car being.
3: I thought you talking that old spice then. You would not <laughs> remember that. You're all too
0: young to remember old. I've seen the adverts with Terry Crews. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Becoming well, friends again. <laughs> um, I,
3: I, I quite like the Williams. Um, that's... it's a bit like a gazelle. I said that didn't I to you the other day? I was like, When I a I gazelle's like blue? I like the stripes of that. I like the kind of animal quality. I like that they've done something a little bit different. And the return of that little orange flash is exciting. That's
0: very interesting. That's I would say that's almost controversial. I'm quite a romantic. I love the old styling of F1 cars. Huge fan, which is why I like the Aston Martin and the Alpine. I thought the Williams was a bit too modern. I thought they were going, they were trying slightly too hard. Oddly enough. Will
3: and I are never going to be friends, are we?
0: No no. <laughs> no, 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 we're like a great double act, you know, like, you know, sort of good cop, bad cop, <laughs> fighting each other, but we, don't, it's it's over, it's over a livery. In fairness,
3: it's a little bit like me and Jack. Like, if he's says black i will say white, just for the sake of it a Jack lot of Nichols. the time.
2: Jack Nichols, yeah, sorry. She does this to me all the time. I'm supposed to know who she's talking. She's gone off on a tangent in her head, and I'm supposed to fill in that pathway and the gap as to who she's talking about because we know lots of jacks we know lots of dans we know lots of toms and i should know who jack is
3: sorry my work husband
2: your work husband jack, Nichols.
1: jack Nichols. i'm not saying yes.
4: so okay right let's pause on, on this uh, who's this sorry, my daughter just jumped out of bed to come and say goodnight. <laughs> oh, how old is she she's five. Oh, she's too <laughs> so cute what's her name
3: her name's lily Oh, Lily, goodnight.
2: She's like a mini-me.
1: She does, believe me. I get confused sometimes who's on the podcast.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but staying on the topic of five-year-olds, I really did think that the Williams looked like Dory from Finding Nemo. The colour pattern was exactly yeah. the same.
2: Yeah, I saw... Uh, the, uh, I'm not creative enough for that stuff. I should be, but I'm not. But I love it when those pictures start coming out like... Jenny, rinse panels, him, but...
0: rinse him. Go on, have a go. <laughs> do that most of the time the the dory one was uncanny
2: (laughs) it's kind of like even the dark dark blue bit mood emerging into the light blue bit
3: um, yeah we had a good argument about what colour the house was last year because because I was like well it's totally different from last year because they were mainly black and you are convinced that last year they were pretty similar with the whole
2: white I didn't say they were similar (laughs) it's just there was no coverage of them on your podcast (laughs) I said it wasn't all black, which is what you were saying. I said there was loads of white on the house last year. It was kind of grey. It was grey, white and black with a bit of red.
3: As it smashed into the barrier, I remember a lot of black.
2: <laughs> this is what you said. It's like, that's probably because it was burnt. but
3: <laughs> It was the smoke.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I
1: feel like that's a bad joke, but... <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm a journalist. We go dark.
1: Um... And there there are some rumours, and uh, we love a rumour. It's fun. Why is there a big black section on the back of that Williams? Yeah, oh, did you
3: say anything to do with the famous drinks brand that think they're coming back into F1, I might fall out with you as well. <laughs> no,
1: no, no, we we, we did contact him for comment, but he declined. Really? Um... He doesn't normally decline
4: a comment anywhere.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't really
4: know. He's been pretty
1: not he, Ollie? Yeah, he was, he was due to be on this podcast, but didn't turn up. <laughs> Oh, really? What,
2: tonight? No, 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 no. So um,
3: we were the late replacements. Yeah. <laughs> you need to
0: your gears.
2: I do. I need to look a bit more feral.
0: <laughs> <laughs> feral, that's
2: a great, um, <laughs> Wild. Yeah, wild dream. No, But this is a genuine
1: question. I don't know why there's a big uh, black section there. Is it part of the design? Is it covering
2: something? I'd imagine at this stage it's a bit of a, yeah, hiding stuff. I mean, I actually got kind of going off on a side tangent, I quite like James Allison sort of saying, you're not going to see along here. You're not going to see the skirt along the side because we're not ready to show people. So you can see everything. That's, it was quite open and vocal about mm. it. I think mm. There's lots of hidden bits that people are, are you looking at.
3: Well, I don't, I was on, um, I was mummy daycare, so I didn't see the full Williams. So now I'm just going down to have a look at uh, the livery.
2: Get it up, get it up.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm going well, to. It's
2: a bit like the, um, do you remember the Red Bull with sort of black and white camo? Oh, not... That test- testing one, yeah. I thought it was going to stay. I was like, ah, that would be a great livery. But so that was just to purely hide stuff.
3: Well, yeah. Where the numbers
2: are. Or, or the very rear end. It's, it's the rear quarter. Yeah. Beneath
1: the blue sort of gild section you know that, of the that, that,
2: that could well be to hide the, the rear end and the diffuser side of stuff. Yeah, I mean,
3: if you look at the regulations all that area is where the difference is being made it's why some of the angles that the teams have released are very clever because they're not showing what they've done in that area
1: yeah and, red bull were the best at that weren't they
3: oh yeah absolutely and and everyone's going now oh red bull didn't show what they're actually doing with the car because they've come up with this amazing concept and it's going to be brilliant i'm like well yeah they've said that every year and every year they come out the blocks really slowly so I'm ever hopeful that we'll get a Red Bull challenging because that car the drivers everybody at the team deserves it and each year we we kind of have this yay Red Bull are going oh no no Red Bull are back exactly as they were
0: like a deflating balloon ever so slightly, isn't it? At the start of the last season, we had that and yeah, everyone Silverstone, oh my Verstappen's winning. Maybe nope, mm-hmm. nope. No, Mercedes won two
2: consistently. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, I thought Hamilton's comments at the launch was Steve Jones basically said going for the eighth title like, Well, yeah, I mean I've done seven. The focus sort of this isn't word for word, obviously, but his focus was elsewhere. It was like his Hamilton commission, it was with his legacy side of stuff. I found that quite interesting. So not to say that he's going to take his eye off the ball, but I genuinely hope that there could be a, a bigger competition from elsewhere. And I genuinely, genuinely believe that nothing is certain this year.
4: Apart
1: from Mercedes, apart from from Sir, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, our, our guests last week—they um, they were actually—they actually run a separate podcast to ours, but we had them on, and they are convinced that Red Bull are going to be the, the 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 team, the constructors' championships this year. Do you think we're going to have a much closer battle because the teams haven't been putting in as much resource into these? B spec cars this year because obviously the regulations are going to change. There's cost caps. Might this provide some really good racing this year or am I being a hopeful?
2: I think hopeful is good. I think being hopeful is correct. I think Mercedes are obviously going to be at the forefront and people have to catch up. But I think that spicy element could be quite interesting this year. I think, uh, say, Aston Martin looked really cool to me. Uh, McLaren back with Mercedes is interesting to me mm. having Perez as uh, now a race winner and a consistently good good driver not to say that album wasn't bless him, but there was obviously something odd going awry there but having Perez as a number two driver inverted commas um, could give them more points so I don't think that's too far from the realms of believability being Red Bull being up there Um very interesting.
3: I think we'll have, I think it'll be very similar to last year, if I'm being honest. I think we'll have some really good races, but I think the championship will will kind of be written on the wall for us all to say, see quite quite early on. The problem is Mercedes is so good, and that team is so good that even if they do a small amount of work to that car to refine where they've been for the last six, seven years they'll have the best car. They've got a great power unit. They'll have a better power unit. Um, so each step, they just improve. And if people have taken their eyes off the ball because it's a B-Spec championship this year, then that hands even more of the power to Mercedes because they were so far ahead of everybody else anyway. So my my worry is that the gap will be big, but I think the racing itself will be brilliant
4: both of you are going to be working with extreme e this year i find this an extremely exciting prospect extreme e i think it's um just by looking at it on on the the website and having a look at um you know all the different grand prix that they'll be where they're going to be in the world what they're actually called it reminds me a little bit of mario kart (laughs) In a really good way. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Love that.
4: (laughs) Basically, adult
3: ecological Mario Kart.
2: It is. It looks insane. And I mean that in a positive light. So um, for those listening that might not know, Jen's commentating on it uh, this year. And weirdly, not through any kind of... (laughs) Effort. Yeah, not really from any request per se, but I was... Luckily, given it by my boss to to look after it from a sky's perspective. So I'm dealing with Extreme E and uh, the production team that are behind it, Aurora and stuff. And I've had to kind of get immersed into what it is, how it's happening, what they're looking to achieve, and it's genuinely fascinating. And it's a, a kind of modern modern racing series for the next generation, but it looks absolutely mental.
1: I've got I've got I've got to be honest. I've not been excited for anything. And genuinely, I mean this for a long time as I am for Xtreme E. I mean, you've got amazing drivers in it. You've got um, you know amazing people running the teams. You've got a good cause. Um, and you're going to be able to watch it on Sky, which is also yes. amazingly brilliant. And
3: many other broadcast platforms.
1: Yes, yes. Um, Jenny's <laughs> going to be hosting it, uh, commentating it. And the one thing that I just don't quite know in my head yet, which you guys are going to help us understand is... What's the race format? How are we going to watch it? How are we as uh, motorsport fans going to consume Xtreme E?
3: You're looking at me now, aren't you? (laughs) No pressure. Um, Okay, so it's going to be Fast and Furious. There's going to be a lot of races, but they're very short. Uh, They're two laps. That's it. So you're going to to qualify and then you're going to get a crazy race where the winner of the crazy race goes into the final race it's really mixing things up you've obviously got one lap for the guy one lap for the female and they've got to do a driver switch and uh, they've got the command center which means in mission control the other driver is going to be in there shouting at the tv screen going what are you and stuff like that um and i'll be able to meddle with them which is brilliant and just go what are you doing um yeah i believe so a lot of the format is still kind of being worked upon because it's such a new series it's such a new concept um so there's going to be lots of things that are really exciting um and the whole ethos of the championship is about um environmental sustainability and equality um and you know Lewis Hamilton will be there and I think it's only, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say what I'm about to say.
1: It's fine, we don't, we don't publish this.
3: It's kind of, it's a big deal that there is now a black team owner. Like if you think about the history of motorsport, where we've come from, Um It's a massive step forward for diversity and inclusion in this championship. And it's why so many people are so passionate about it. And if you look at the likes of Jensen Button, Nico Rosberg, you've got amazing drivers coming in from Rally, And Carlos Sainz Sr. is going to be driving in there. There's a lot of buy-in from a lot of different people. And I think everybody is genuinely excited because... It's it's racing with a heart. It's got a cause. Mm. Am I am I the like, poster girl for it yet? I feel like I'm trying to sell it.
0: You are. Yeah, selling, you're selling it very well. I think you sold it to be honest. Eh?
3: And you get yeah. you get a bonus for the biggest jump.
0: Yeah. Cool. What? I only found oh, this, this out. Is, this is Mario Kart. I'm <laughs> convinced. <laughs> I only found they this out get, earlier. You don't
2: have to collect a gold coin, but you do. If the the higher you and further you can fly, the more points you get. That's insane.
1: This is sick. Lewis Hamilton signed a rather good driver to his team as well, isn't he?
3: (laughs) Just a bit. Sebastian Loeb, one of the best drivers uh, across all terrain ever to have existed on the planet. Um, So, yeah, I think, um, he and Christina Gutierrez, uh, Christine Gutierrez, who's uh, the the other driver in the car, will be a fascinating um, match. And, you know, Loeb and Science used to be competitors. They used to uh, drive against each other. So there's a lot of mind games going on out there. And you've obviously got the big drama that is the Rosberg, Hamilton, Button. And okay, Hamilton won't be in the car, but we don't care. Oh, we don't care. We'll make the dialogue anyway, because it's juicy as.
2: As a small point, that was picked up with one of the producers that's filming this and the filming ideas that they got looks incredible, as Jen said, the mission control. But I wasn't overly familiar with, let's say, rally driving, not the um, Dakar in Senegal and stuff like that. So for that particular round, every time someone goes round, it completely changes the track because of the spread of the dirt. Oh, yeah. So the wind will suddenly bring a bridge or it's a bit like, there's there's that old Billy Connolly joke of like, Everyone that drives along in snow has got their two wheels either side, and then you get someone that's got a three-wheeled Robin <laughs> Reliant that comes and cocks it all up by sticking their wheel down the middle of the snow <laughs> and splurt, splurts everywhere. And people so- are like, what's a
3: Robin Reliant?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Check and the it- Sky Sports website for that. <laughs> yeah. But it sends all the debris and stuff everywhere. So on a track, okay, you do have rubber going down on a, on a traditional racetrack or street circuit or something like that, but this is the complete unknown. You could have an excellent driver that's used to rally driving some of this isn't their, their forte, but they've come into the series. Now having to adapt with wind and all sorts of banks of dirt and dr- and all sorts of drift stuff. So it's it completely different every lap. So there's, there's whole added anomalies that could add lots more jeopardy to it.
3: I was thinking of one of the scientists involved as well, because we'll, we'll have scientists implanted in the championship but also with us in the commentary books and they'll be able to give a very different perspective about why we're going to these places but the guy uh, who's a professor that I was speaking to his specialist subject is deserts and he was saying that and he loves motorsport as well so he was saying each time the driver takes to the track and the stage they'll face something very different and as the light changes through the day you're going to get to a point where you won't actually be able to tell the definition in the sand. Mirage! So you may well be driving blind. And this is like oh. cra- this is like crater-like deserts. We're not talking a nice flat sand like salt um, marsh. We're talking about real inclines with huge boulders, a little bit like you'd find on the moon. So it's going to be really interesting. And they don't have spare cars.
0: That's so cool. This is like rallycross meets... That marathon that James Cracknell did across the
3: marathon, whatever it is. Will, you literally just
0: you literally just said what I was thinking. Honestly, this is brilliant. I'm, I mean, I've, I'm learning about this mostly for the first even, time
2: tonight. Even down to the tires as well. That they've, um, they're Continental tires, but they've had to come up with a tire that works in the desert on ice in mangroves, in watery bits.
3: Well, hopefully not in the mangroves. That'll not be in not the dangerous. mangroves. I'm going to go plant them, Just not Sorry about them up.
2: churning that up. <laughs> um, but, you know, you kind of have these tyres that delaminate or whatever for F1, but this has to be a bespoke tyre that has to be across some of the harshest zones around the world, cold and hot.
1: So I'm going to I'm gonna take a punt at this is not really a spectator sport, so you're not going to have fans lining the circuit because it's in these places, uh, just making sure our audience understand this. Um, but So how are you going to sort of set this up and record it? Is this going to be like a drone over the top or is this going to be cameras around there?
3: They've got amazing tech. So I was um, invited into a broadcast centre back here um, and it was for one of the tests that I did for them. And some of the stuff they were showing me, I have never seen before when it comes to motorsport. And they, they will, we will, <laughs> we will take you there. You'll feel like you've got the best view of any motorsport you've ever seen. And, you know, I've done, we've both been out to rally stages. We've done a lot of motorsport. We've been very fortunate enough to go and see a lot. But this is going to take you in your front room, to feel like you are wherever we were, wherever we are in the world, it's going to be incredible.
2: They're they're trialing augmented reality from an onboard perspective. Yeah. So, so whilst they're driving, they can actually pinpoint certain areas to highlight of that's that far away, that's that deep, and it's all augmented, so you can see what's going on. Oh wow! across so, from an aerial, so they've got multiple drones as well. There's a tethered drone plus two. But so they're using the kind of they're using the professional pilots and stuff like that. racing
1: drones yeah
2: you get some really nippy angles that's the type of people that you get on the professional shoots And
3: because you've got no crowd there are are some really good things about not having any people going there one you don't have promoters so in a covid world you're not reliant on that side of things to make the championship work you're going to environmental hot pots Hot pots, hot spots. I like a hot pot.
0: It's an environmental
2: hot (laughs) pot? Lamb, lamb, hot pot.
3: (laughs) Um, So taking, (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to get myself out of this. Yes, I'll go serious. Um, Taking fans to places which are already damaged would be a severe negative. And the championship has already said that they're going to have to clean up really well and leave the legacy program so there's better stuff to happen. Um, but it also means you can drone fly and you can do things because there isn't any spectator to basically impale.
2: Yeah, to detract from what Sky does or do 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 or does do 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 do. But Aurora do Formula E, so they're you know they're they're bloody good at what they do as well. So they're the kind of host broadcaster, as it were, and they've got some seriously good new ideas.
1: So uh, from, from a motorsport spec you've started me off now
0: <laughs> like We're having
1: man. a motorsport spat i mean that is have another whiskey ollie um from a <laughs> motorsport spat from a motor for...
4: oh my wow God. this is amazing <laughs> mate
1: it's not even nine o'clock oh dear from a from a fan's perspective we we like f1 we like all sorts of motorsports When's this going to be on? You know, apart from it's going to be on on the weekend, I assume. But yep. is it going to clash with F one? Is it going to mess up my 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 day on a Saturday? Is it going to be for an no.
2: hour, two hours? So yes and no. Saudi, so there's only five rounds, so it's good. So you don't have to invest huge amounts of time to get involved in it and get fully immersed. So that's good from that perspective. Saudi Arabia and Senegal are non conflicting. The last three, um, you've got Greenland, Amazon, Patagonia, they do conflict with Formula One rounds. But I believe, from what I've looked at, the timings don't conflict. So you should, in theory, be able to watch Extreme E and then basically tune into Sky's coverage,
3: of, five of, coverage. Of,
2: of Formula One because we're live with every race.
3: We're live with every race. No, you're
2: not. Motorsport Binging. Yes. I... <laughs> you, yeah, you basically sit there all all day watching Extreme e and then Formula One.
3: If that's the case, I might have to work on both championships. Oh, you do? On the same <laughs> day. Oh,
2: I'm so sorry. <laughs> how life, exciting is that? <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's mega. Well, I, it's, it's my first foray into commentary, like proper, they're calling it co-lead, but lead commentary. And um, I have no idea how it's going to go. Um, they came to me and asked me to try it out. I did. I quite enjoyed it. They clearly enjoyed it enough, <laughs> so it should be. I don't know. It's a very different set of skills that you need to be a commentator than it is to be a, a reporter or presenter or a journalist. So it's going to be a, a voyage of discovery for everybody. I just hope I don't get slammed too much on social media. I mean, I will, but do you have
0: what?
1: Do you have someone you can say to sex Ted to? that
2: would be layla wouldn't
1: it yeah two sex layla two sex layla please do it please do it it'll be an inside joke just please do it (laughs) exclusive
0: formula nerds meme gold love them
1: but to clarify for, for for the people who think it might be time trial rally wrc this is not wrc
2: no 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 it's Uh, As Jen said, there's two laps. I think from what I've read, the average is 16 kilometres per race, which means that each driver does an eight-kilometre lap. And then once they jump out, they'll go into the control room. So if there has been a collision or something like that between driver one, driver two, whatever they are, they then have to go into a central area. They don't go off to their own motorhome or whatever. They have to go into the central area where they will be filmed and there'll be needle and there'll be all sorts of stuff going on.
3: Yeah, so it should be – they're still working on exact formats, but we think it will be four cars – against each other on each uh, each race.
2: And then you qualify the relevant people go through to the qualification but as Jen said there's something called the crazy race which is a last ditch attempt to get into the final race. All oh, on. No. So even this if is you It's like rallycross this is great. Yeah. Even if you have an absolute disaster in quality, you still have a last chance attempt to get into the uh, into the actual race.
0: Do you reckon this is going to bring a lot more fans to motorsport generally? I mean it seems to me like it's so All quick right. and it's so consumable.
2: I'm genuinely hoping so. As I said, as a, as a non-geeky motorsport person that watches just lots of sport and lots of motorsport, um, I'm genu- genuinely infused by this new series. And the further I've had to delve deeper, because I have to have um, a sort of slight F1 hat on whilst I'm covering it, or whether there's any opportunities to see if there's any crossovers. The batteries done by Williams. The drivetrain's done by McLaren. You've got people like Newey involved at the Veloce team with his son, uh, is it Harrison? Mm-hmm. Um, so they started up. So he's the kind of head man at Veloce. So you've got him involved. As Jen said, you've got the three mm-hmm. ex-F1 drivers that are either team owners or driving themselves. So there's lots of cool crossovers that the F1 fans can pick up on. There'll be a lot of familiarity and a lot of recognisable faces as well in the in the driving seat that I think appeals to everyone. Um, But hopefully the F1 fans as well. And so it's... it's because it's only five races and they're relatively short, I think the coverage is an hour and a half per session. Um, so there's not a lot of time to invest, whereas I appreciate that sometimes watching F1, you have to kind of dedicate two hours to the race, an hour before, an hour after. It's a, it's a big ask. So this one's an easy easy win.
3: And there's there's really good conflicts in it already because you've got the, the street racers, the track racers who are used to tarmac. They're used to very sort of regulated conditions then you've got the dirt guys who will come in from a very different angle and and just watching those two different camps operate um i think is going to be really dynamic really interesting and yeah, you, know, you may well have some very nicely well-trained pr expert drivers but then you've got the guys from you know, Rallycross, you've got all of those things who just say it as they see it and they're mm-hmm. not scared to step out of the car and be like, right. So I think it's going to it's gonna be so cool.
1: <laughs> I don't think I could be more excited about something. Honestly, right now, if you had to, if you said, Ollie, come up with your dream motorsport, it would be something along these lines. Honestly, it really would. And also we've got, The the one other person, well, there's a lot of people crossing over with Formula One, but Jamie Chadwick, she's going to be in there, and she's also just confirmed that she's still going to be working with Williams F1 as well. I mean, this is this is the time for her, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I've got a lot of time for the old chatters.
3: The old chatters.
2: The old. Well, she's very young. Half down with the old chatters for a point and some (laughs) scratchings. The old chatters having a bit of a chin wag with her. Um, I used to back in the back in the day (laughs) when I was producing a show that I devised called the F1 report and I used to love it and I used to love getting different figures on outside of our own talent pool and our own presenters and stuff. She was one of the pretty much only and first females that I could get on. She's a very very good talker, very very good driver, genuinely one of the the few kind of females that actually has the skill set to back up stuff. Um but I used to get slated for bringing and reintroducing young drivers from other series, but it's kind of like, this is the future. It's like I used, to, I mean, not to name drop and stuff, but I used to get Lando and George Russell, Carlos Sainz. And I was like, why are you getting all these GP two drivers on F2 drivers? Like, Cause they're going to be the bloody F1 drivers in a couple of years. Wait and see. And then it's kind of like, thank you very much for going into F1 and proving me right. <laughs> Again, it's it's awful being right all the time. I, I hate it, but... It must be so tough. But she was blessed. She was she was really, really good. She was really sweet. Jen's done a lot of work for her as well before. She's obviously shown her metal in W Series. I really, really want to see her in a P1 session in the Williams to see what she can do.
3: Yeah, I'm slightly disappointed, actually, about the Williams announcement and her not having an actual drive. I think um, I think now, as you say, it's her time. It's her moment. She's she needs to prove herself. Um, and you know, being a W Series champion is amazing, and she's a phenomenal driver. But she's she's going to have to step up to the next level. And I would have loved to have seen her actually doing an FP1. She's not getting that opportunity with Williams this year. But I think you know, being part of the setup of Extreme E is going to be really useful for her, she's got a really busy year um, but she's training really hard, she seems really focused and I think she's going to, each championship will cross pollinate for her in her skill set and she'll she'll be stronger and better <clears> at <throat> the end of the year once again for another step up hopefully.
2: And it's good that the W Series is going to be one of the F1 feeder series as well this year which is which is great news for all, all the girls and all the female drivers involved. I think it's a great stage, huge stage for them to kind of show what they can do.
4: It's definitely something that's it's going to you know with with Formula One's message of we races one bringing W Series into the mix as well. For me, it's it's really exciting. It's putting the focus back on women in motorsport, uh, which is which is fantastic. And I'm a huge fan of Jamie's as well. I, I interviewed her at W Series um, in 2019. She's such a nice lass. But right. her doing she's doing W Series Extreme E and she's also having more of a focus at Williams as their development driver and I know what her you know she wants to get into Formula One but managing all three of these has got to be pretty tough for her this year
2: yeah it is and it's a lot of consideration um, oh,
3: I wouldn't okay. like to be the person planning her travel no Imagine <laughs> right we've got to get you to Patagonia and then back from Patagonia to do the next round in blah
1: like,
2: in a pandemic oh
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. She's whilst, gonna
3: have a lot of nasal swabbing.
2: Whilst maintaining peak physical fitness and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's any of the drivers should you going through what the, the drivers have to do, they are I'm not saying this in a derogatory term to them, they're literally pulled by the minute by someone because they don't know what they're doing. Um <laughs> <And, laughs>
3: And the nicest, it's they're like,
2: in. right, where are we going? Got to go over there for that interview, right? You've got 15 minutes with Movie Star, right? You've got 10 minutes with Sky, right? You've got to mm-hmm. sit down over there, you've got to go over there for some press, you've got to go and sign 200 photographs, you've got to go and have your picture taken with this person, you've got to um, go you know, and qualify,
3: like, <laughs> yeah, you've got to
2: go and qualify once you're done qualifying, you've got to go and join Sky's presentation post race and stuff like that. It's like they don't they genuinely don't have a clue what they're doing, they are led by these people that are brilliant in what they do. So, I don't envy. Anyone kind of, as you say, trying to be across three different fields.
0: We had a theory about this just before you guys joined, and I and uh, what was it? We were saying, um, what would it be like if we drafted an email and sent it to an F1 driver and just said, "Join our podcast." It's tight. you know. Here's the link. Your PR <laughs> team said you were coming on. We, I, th- I reckon that some. Well, if it was the right driver, they might just go, "Yeah, all right." Like, well, this. This
1: was Ross Braun. I've wanted to interview him for ages. And I, I said to Will, I said, why don't I just send him an email saying, hi, Ross, as arranged, we'll speak to you in five minutes for the interview <laughs> on the uh, podcast and just see if he joins, right? <laughs> yeah. I said, because he doesn't respond to our emails, So let's just see if we go to rossbrawn at f1.com, if it works. But um, we don't do that. No, we're Emerging. not. please that. read. Yeah.
3: Well, that's what we got. Just a <laughs> message, didn't we, before saying, where are you? here's the link if you haven't got it and we joined so
1: yeah i didn't say where are you i said you better be here otherwise we're going to be talking about nothing today
2: <laughs> you can i think you probably get away with blue murder with someone brilliant they, they wouldn't have a clue noted it's, it's interesting when we out.
1: spoke to um we spoke to uh, lawrence barretto a few weeks ago and he was actually i was asking him what it's now like working for f1 in terms of media access i was like you must just be able to go and knock on lewis's door now and speak to him he's like nope sky still still get better access than i do <laughs> it's an
2: interesting one because it's a um oh god there's just so <laughs> there's just so many people in the paddock and they all want understandably time with the driver and you want it with the best drivers and the championship drivers so that's Lewis Hamilton so his time is wanted probably 50-fold more than an Antonio Giovinazzi let's say.
3: Yeah he'll only do about an hour's worth of media commitments every week whereas a lot of other drivers really hammer it and do like four or five hours and each contract renegotiation Lewis Hamilton I think manages to get away with doing Less and less media commitment. And I don't blame him. He's a seven time world champion. He doesn't really need to bleat on about how great he is. It's clear from his work in the car, but it does make it frustrating when, as the BBC, I'm only allowed to speak to him one to one once each season for 10 minutes. Do
0: you have something?
1: Nope. That's it.
3: There was no laugh after that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's an
0: incredible, that's so much more than me. you're the bbc well yeah actually i don't know why i'm surprised i suppose but yeah
2: that's ah so we we would probably speak to lewis like a proper sit down we we have we've had him ahead of the season to do a couple of bits we'll probably i think we've got an interview at the beginning of the season because a lot's happened since this time last year and and i think he's got a lot to get off his chest with regards to what he was Um, Very vocal about in Austria at the opening round last year, the BLM movement, that kind of side of stuff, diversity. Um, And we might speak to him maybe once or twice again throughout the year, unless it's like a sort of championship special where he might join us live or something like that after a race. But um, as a proper formal sit-down, it's generally once or twice a year, and that will be 20 minutes.
0: Do you have something similar with Vettel? Because I'm sure you guys... He just doesn't do it. He just doesn't seem
2: he, to. He, we, he, we, he, we.
0: Someone spiked your own issues there.
2: <laughs> so Ferrari were always notoriously quite tricky to deal with regards to getting access to drivers. But
3: we screwed them at the beginning of this, and now we're screwing them towards the end of it. Ah, like, uh, oh,
0: yeah, but yeah.
2: It's not, it's, not dr- it's just the, their Ferrari, they don't need the coverage. So you have to work that much harder to kind of go, we've got this really cool concept, really great idea. Can we get these drivers involved? And it'd be a yes or a no. They'll give us time throughout the year, but you have to kind of pick your moment. So if it was a Vettel last year, I think we had one sit down with him, but you might be able to get extra time through um, third-party sponsors like... um, Shell. (laughs) Or other other well-known motors. Any brands, armors, tractor
1: manufacturers, uh, anything
2: like that. That kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, But sometimes it becomes apparent that it might not necessarily be down to the teams, but the drivers themselves or and, and or in some cases the people that represent the drivers you you have to work hard to get past um a kind of wall a protective wall of pr people before that even is entertained by a driver it's a bit like certainly that. of a certain level you
3: have to get past the gatekeepers to get to us and you did it really well but yeah, yeah. a lot of gatekeepers in F1.
4: Kina sort of puts it into perspective for us a little bit that because you know as formula nerds we've as all said, we've been going around for just over a year now, but the dream for us is to be in the Formula One paddock. yeah and just to sort of gain that sort of access, we are um, applying for media accreditation for W series um, for this year, but just for one race mm-hmm. and the amount of you know things that we have to jump through just to try yeah. and get that accreditation we can its it sort of puts it all in, in perspective for us a bit. I mean it's part of F1 now. And whilst that
3: brings a lot of delights to the championship, it also makes it far more difficult because it isn't just a carte blanche. You can have as many passes as you want. Everything is quite strict, Um, even to the point where I think I remember that GP2 drivers weren't allowed into the F1 paddock. They had their own lanyards with their own accreditation and their own access permits and one of them was coming to do an interview with us i think they were actually doing um a session in the box with us for fp1 and they couldn't get in because they didn't have the accreditation that would allow a gp2 driver into the f1 paddock so they they're worlds apart and if you know You'd think, oh great! I've, I, you know, it, I had to jump through several hoops. I finally got my accreditation for W Series. I want to go. I want to promote them. And while I'm there, I'm going to have a look at the F1 paddock. It will be awesome. It's it's tough.
2: I mean, as as a, as an example, um, if I, I think we had to do nine race weekends to be given your own full time lanyard for, as part of a Sky Sky production. So one year I was sharing with someone, so I had a generic. Um, so it's basically get you into the media paddock as well as the, the general F1 paddock. But if I needed to go and do something in the comms booth or go and take, relay a message or take a piece of kit to the comms booth, I can't go in there because I haven't got a microphone stick on the back of my lanyard. So it comes down to the ridiculous sort of minutiae of how these things were It's kind of changing, hopefully for a little bit for the better. It was all very... No,
3: it's got worse.
2: Well, I don't, um... It's got worse
3: because of COVID. So you yeah, well, you're not even that, allowed into the paddock anymore. That's,
2: that's, that's, that's a bit of a specific but well, yeah i know under bernie's realm it was very much my way or the highway kind of thing mm. and so you had to have like three extra stickers to go to there to go to there to, which is like a fence away it's not like huge mark you oh, know blimey so to go to the comms booth you have to have a separate sticker if you want to go underneath that particular underpass to get to the other side to the track you have to have another sticker or a different stripe or a tag and it's like, this is insane I just want to go over there and film an interview because that's where our filming spot is. I was like, no, sorry, you've got to have a different stickers. then you have to go through this whole rigmarole of, can I have a sticker? It's it's the
1: the prestige though, right? And and it's the, and it's the purpose that you don't want Dave who writes a blog once a week about F1 standing in the paddock, do you? And you have to put these measures in. And I think that's absolutely fair. You know, there are 12 of us that work at the formula nerds and we put all our heart and soul into this. And, yeah, we shouldn't just be allowed at a race next year. Of course not. We you know, you need to build yourself up. But I was I actually won off Silverstone Radio uh, probably three, four years ago. I won a paddock pass. Uh, on Silverstone Radio. I was in my tent, woke up, crack of dawn, still hung over, dialed into Silverstone Radio. <laughs> and I only went and went a paddock pass, right? So I got in that there was a little electric car that took you into it. And I had an hour in the paddock. I was. Uh, Oh my God! There's Karoon. There's all these people, and whenever I spoke to Croftyards, it was like it's it's literally. I feel like it was equivalent to walking on the moon. Is 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 how how exclusive that access is? So
2: cool. I'm, I'm going to do a noise that's probably going to be very very bad, but see if you can recognise it. Do do do. Does that does that mean anything to you? Is, this, is this an and, episode
0: and... of the Clangers?
1: I feel like that's the noise when you put your thing on the thing.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, For the listeners who couldn't see what I was doing there, it's uh, putting the card on the scanner.
2: So you see, like these these semi permanent turnstiles that they put up, and you have to scan your lanyard. And it's very very strict. Actually, if you forget to scan in or out, you then can't get in or out at the other end.
3: And then you get this noise. That's what Uh, I was going to say.
2: It's like a... No
3: word of a lie. It's, like a, it's the most embarrassing noise in the world. It's, it's like the, the noise of
2: shame. Like an idiot just given <laughs> a massively wrong answer on a quiz show. <laughs> no! I uh! do
3: not.
1: To be fair, people were cheering when I was... I signed a few autographs on my way in and, you know, everyone no. was there waiting for Lewis and there, there's me turning up in full Mercedes gear. They, they thought, what's Lewis? Anyway. Um, <laughs> but no, it was awesome. And then um, yeah, it, it's it's something that only a few people experience in a lifetime, and it is that way for a reason, and I think was my main point.
2: I, I never I never take it for granted. Yeah, I always get a bit of butterflies every time I walk it, certainly to a new paddock. Silverstone I've been fortunate enough to probably do the most for obvious reasons because we obviously have, have a large presence of staff at Silverstone that's when we go all out for the home race. But if it's a new place or a new venue. And you walk up and you get the old doot, doot, doot. And you walk in and you're not given the, the, the noise of death. It's like, oh my God, I'm into sort of sacred ground here. Do you have and sort it, of
0: like music just in your head mentally? You're like, you see slow mo and a whole yeah. title sequence.
2: Like Lazy of yeah. going through the paddock. It's like the start <laughs> of Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrel. <laughs> the producer. but it, Again, it's like, I don't want to take this for granted because someone like Christian Horn will be walking in behind me. And then as I'm walking along... Lewis Hamilton will go into his home and Valtteri Bottas is going down there with Toto Wolf on a set of scooters, and you kind of go, This is surreal. I do feel very, very and, cool and, very and you get paid for it, I think. I, I know, I know. <laughs> and, and it's incredible. I would I'm, pay I'm for genuinely, it. Genuinely, genuinely I like I've I've lots of friends that have been very, very fortunate, made very good career decisions and work in finance and earn a lot of money, an obscene amount of money in some cases. But those are the same people that would pay some of that obscene money to do and be where I can stand to film an interview with Lewis Hamilton or go and do a driving feature at Silverstone in an old Mercedes car that's worth 15 million with Brundle and Lewis Hamilton. And that's kind of...
1: But I'm
2: You literally cannot pay to do that as a as a thing mm. unless you're kind of work experience and you're fortunate enough to be sent there. But I wouldn't change my job for anything because I, I actually get up and kind of go got a cool job today I'm going on a cool shoot or I'm going on to a feature or I can try and be really creative I don't ever go up and go oh we've got to go to work today it's suck and I have I've genuinely done that in various jobs in, in my life but this is a job that I, I never never take for granted
3: it's one of the reasons I I'm so fortunate in and I love what I do because for most people they'll never get the chance to go into the paddock and and I Every time I go into the paddock or the pit lane, or I'm there for a session talking to one of the drivers, whatever it may be, my clear goal is to try and get the listener as close to being in that moment without being there as I possibly can. And that's my duty to do that because I'm lucky enough to get one of those lanyards and be able to walk in there. And I want to share that. I genuinely want to share that as much as I can with everybody else because it's so awesome.
2: I, I have to sad, a pinch me moment. Um, Because it doesn't happen very often that we get to go on track sometimes as the production guys. It's only if you're shooting particular features. Um, But I only went to two rounds last year, say only because of COVID, we're expected to do multiple rounds and you are away from family and friends. But it was kind of fortunate to do two rounds last year, did Monza and Imola. Imola obviously coming back onto the calendar after a hiatus for, I think it was like 10 years or something like that. And I was told I was doing the track guide um, where we take two of our presenters and they kind of give the inside knowledge to the track. And I was in the, I was in a hire car with Martin Brundle at the wheel and Paul De Rester and shotgun me and the cameraman and the soundy in the back of the car. And I just had a, like a kind of outer body experience. It's like, I'm being driven around by an F1 driver very, very quickly in a higher car. I should say I sort of had <laughs> around Imola. It's like, This is one of the most famous tracks in the world for for good and bad reasons, obviously, for its history and stuff. But it's kind of like one of those pinch me moments because I'm hardly ever allowed out on track. So, A, I'm in a great country. I'm working with very, very talented presenters, lucky to go and do stuff, but I was actually on a track being driven around very, very quickly by an f It's as close as I'm going to get to kind of F1 driving because even a two-seater F1 car, I don't think I'd actually physically fit. (laughs) I mean, even when we've had uh, Paul DiResta used to do a lot of the two-seater rides for the celebrities and stuff at Silverstone. And he's like, oh, God, I've just had a really bloody tall person in the back of the car, <laughs> knee kneecaps up to my elbow, because their legs they basically go, <laughs> it's very snug, their legs go down the side of Paul's side. And there's hardly any room for the side anyway, so... And Davidson, that does his, I don't know what your problem is, because he's like half of Paul's size. So, oh, I had a really six footer in the back of the two seater. If you haven't
3: noticed, Jamie's
4: impressions are legendary.
0: You you and Will both love an impression, I've noticed. We
4: should have a podcast.
0: (laughs) Let's do our own impressions. The paddock. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, It's funny you said about the two seater F1 cars. I I think the crowd cheers more at the noise of the two seaters than they do the Mm -hmm. actual F1 cars. When you hear it come around, you're like, drop your burger. Like, oh my God, what is that?
2: Yeah. That, that was one thing I'd noticed from the early years to now and how the engine noise has changed of one of the first races going to going, Jesus wet, like, like shuddering with earplugs in and it deafening you to now kind of go, Oh, here's the F one guard. Yeah. You can have a conversation now. Importantly,
3: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>
1: you, you can, you can, you can say, oh, oh Bottas has spun that. So is, oh, so Vettel. Oh, yeah. then Hamilton's pulling. It. Anyway, um, guys, I, when I said that it normally takes us about four hours to record a podcast, I, I you know, I wasn't joking. You thought I was, but I wasn't. Um, I think we could talk all night. Um, it's been so good having you. But what I, what I want to know, this is this is my final input on this show. Is 2021 was a bit of a rough year for all the reasons that we know. We did have a good F1 season, but for 2021, what should our listeners be looking forward to in motorsport?
2: uh the big cell here we go
1: banger racing down corby <laughs> yeah. i'll take
3: anything right now
1: yeah me too
2: <laughs> there's a lot of exciting young drivers that sky are looking to work with i can't uh divulge anything as of yet but we're looking to do lots of diverse pieces with mm. people girls boys from around the world you haven't told me that i you should have seen just it's, for the listeners the, you should have seen jenny's the, face you know, keeping Stump part of it. I can't tell you some of this stuff.
3: they are married.
2: I know, but I can't tell you some of this stuff. Are um, <laughs>
3: that was a joke.
2: We've kind of I, my my major hats are F one and Extreme. Obviously, F one on Sky this year. Really, really looking forward to. Got the same um, group of guys, girls together. Everyone's really looking forward to getting back out there. Bahrain's in a couple of weeks. We've got testing next week, live again on Sky. All the sessions are on Sky Live as well, blah, 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 blah. Ultra HD. <laughs> Ultra HD if you've got it, if you're 4K ready. Um,
3: and you can mute it and listen to us, which is
2: cool. Really good features with our bumper crop of presenters, not just those three chimps. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh,
1: there's going to be a domestic after this podcast, isn't it? Yeah.
2: <laughs> and we've got um, F2 and F3, got Ferrari series, We've got IndyCars back on Sky as well this year, so we've got the Indy 500, which is for the first time in a long time, I think, not competing with Monaco or Alonso. Another weekend of motorsport that's actually going to be quite interesting as well. IndyCar, on a side note, and then Extreme E as well, debut of Extreme E, um, inaugural season looks and sounds mental. Hopefully, should be. Uh, I'm genuinely excited for another year of F1 stuff. I think there's enough intrigue up and down the paddock to keep people entertained outside of the. Probably a Mercedes dominant season we're going to have. So quiet season then quiet season. Yeah,
1: and we've got a plan. Oh, like we've learned from COVID. COVID ruined. Well, I, I argue that COVID made last year a brilliant season personally, but I enjoyed it least last least year. I did as well. Apart from Australia, Australia wasn't great last year. But um, <laughs> in terms of the roadmap that we've got, it's not going to be shaken up. Fingers crossed. It's mm-hmm. it's we've it's going to go ahead.
3: You honestly think we're going to get 23 races away in Formula One in all the places they say?
0: Absolutely. Ollie's confidence in, in in global government is, I would say, very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I, I predicted, the,
1: I, I said, and I swear to God, I'll play it to you. I said, there is no way that Monaco is going to happen. And I was, I, well, potentially going to be made look like an idiot. So now every race is going to happen.
2: Fair enough. I'm Um, I'm quietly confident. Actually, no, maybe I'm not. Not the Americas. I think the Americas, American, Mexico and Brazil might fall by the wayside. Canada,
3: Singapore.
2: Canada's looking likely. Singapore's looking likely. But that does mean if they do fall by the wayside, they'll either get a weekend back to watch other motorsport or it will go to somewhere else cool and... I like the idea. I know we're kind of going on a bit still, but I like the idea of, um, what do you call it's, it? Well, not a feature race, but like a...
3: A rotation race. Right? Like yeah.
2: a rotation race. Like, an Istanbul comes back for, you get like a Laguna Seca or something cool yeah. or Indianapolis mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Something that comes back for once every three years, something like that. But not this, this,
1: this is exactly why I say 2020 was one of the greatest years of F1 ever. If you look at it on paper, well, why was it? You, you You had to understand what was going on. The context of... We thought we weren't going to get any racing. Then all of a sudden you're doing back-to-backs in Bahrain. Cars are blowing up. You're, you're here, you're there, everywhere. Ah, oh, credit to F1 for With that.
2: You. And I should also hasten to add oh, yeah. that Sky has now got uh, rights to Drive to Survive Series 1 and 2 as well. So you don't have to have a Netflix subscription, easy for me to say. So you can watch Drive to Survive 1 and 2 before oh, Season 3 starts.
3: Well, I hear Season 3 is going to be epic. Is it, dear? Maybe.
2: Couldn't you... comment on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving on that cliff, honey.
0: Please mind the gap.
3: You can't I can't say anything. I don't know when this is going out.
0: Are you producing it or something? Are you are you th- When
3: is when is this going out?
1: Um well, it depends how much longer we talk for to be honest, but probably tomorrow.
3: going yeah, I can't in that case I can't say.
1: Okay, it's going out and uh, I'll cut it and I'll put this bit out in a few weeks.
2: With in this place I suppose.
3: if people people aren't annoyed enough about me being on their tv or radio screens or all the time on social media banging on about (sighs) fast talkers or banging on about this that and the other
0: i this i've inferred that that's brilliant Mm -hmm. excellent (laughs)
3: sorry
1: there is total silence for the first time in this podcast
0: Uh, (laughs) it's a rare and beautiful moment and in this house
3: (laughs) we're going to get off this call and jamie will be like what are you saying you freak
0: he will say
1: i'm going to go call ollie and have a chat with him
4: (laughs) (laughs) it's international women's day on monday and I just wanted to know, from both of you, who your inspirational women in motorsport are. Now, Jamie, I am mostly expecting you to see your wife. If you don't, I think she no. might slap I don't you.
1: Have to, I don't <laughs> have to expect that. I've got a um, sofa you can sleep on if you need
4: it. <laughs> at times we're not allowed.
2: <laughs> I will have... Um, do you know What? What? I will say the wife.
3: You can't say me, I'm nothing.
2: Purely because I think you go... This is is not with the the husband hat on, this is with a a genuine kind of outsider looking in. I think you go above and beyond most other people's outputs to hopefully encourage youngsters or diversity. You do have quite strong opinions and feelings on the, the need and the rightful need for diversity and more females. And as the father of a young daughter... I want her to aspire to have that kind of ability or pathway easily trodden down for to, to make way for for talented female individuals, diverse individuals. Um, and I think you do that quite well. so I'll, I'll put that hat on for you dear.
4: That's kind but who I, is? Would, I would hundred percent agree with that because I've actually been part of some of Jenny's webinars which have been really really helpful to me personally as an aspiring journalist and writer. So I would say 100% um, I would agree with G-Media. Thank you. Aww.
1: And we've actually just um, we've brought a new girl into the team. who uh, She's still at uni. She's doing journalism. And actually, she attends all of your stuff. And that's what got her in. She, she, she joined the FIA Girls on Track group. Um, mm. And you know, that, was, that was thanks to you. So you know, the real-world examples of the work you do in it, making a difference.
3: I just uh, lockdown's been I think really challenging for a lot of people and I just felt desperately sad for all of the people who were just finishing school or university and found themselves at the most exciting point in their lives when they should be full of enthusiasm and opportunity should be you know knocking on their door at every moment and actually there was nothing there was just no support there was no guidance and and I wanted to reach out to those people who at the time it felt like they were locked in a small dark room with bars on um at university not being able to see anybody and reach out maybe I can I can help and so that's why we started the webinars really and it's it's taken Jamie having to look after our daughter and um giving up his time to to enable me to do it but I've I've loved being able to get so many different people on from within the motorsport community and um, and share their experiences of what it's like to work. And the, the presenter one that we've just done, Can you believe that these people gave up their time? We had Simon Lazenby from Sky, Steve Ryder, like the biggest name in motorsport, Matt Roberts, who's like the best name when it comes to two wheels. And then on top of that, Vernon Kay just casually drops in and goes, oh, yeah, I'll spend an hour of my time just having a chat with people about how best to get into the motorsport presenting. It blew my mind that these people were just like, yeah, of course
1: I'll help. I think it's it's so good, and I'll, I'll be honest. When I saw that list as well, I was like, "Jeez, how actually done that!" Um, but it's Fine, eh? it, uh, it's so important that that you know what your work does, and I think it, 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 it's it's a special thing to do. You're giving your own time to help others, and um, no, thank you on behalf of all the people I know who have who've attended all of your sessions and told me about it. You know, Emma, um, our, our other team members. That so, you know, um, thank you from the motorsports world for your time.
3: Well, I think it's just it's good that we're supporting each other. Doesn't matter who it is, if you've got someone that you aspire to be or that you look up to, get in touch, reach out, make sure that you're banging down doors. And if you want to achieve something, whatever it is, motorsport or beyond, you've got to you've got to grab the ball by the horns and just go for it at the moment. And there's so many ways of getting in touch and reaching out to people. Social media can be toxic, but it can also be an amazing place. So i just say, you know, as you say, International Women's Day is a massive opportunity for people. And there are so many women to look up to and aspire to be with and to to get more information about now within motorsport. And there's just going to be more. And if you look at Extreme E, it's going to bring a whole new bunch of not only drivers, but fans of drivers. And hopefully there's loads of girls and boys sitting at home watching it that go, do you know what? This is a sport I can buy into for the future. It's worried about the environment. It's sustainable. It's diverse. It wants to include men and women, and it wants to speak to me. And that's, I think that's going to be really key to moving everything on and not just talking about having a more diverse arena, but actually doing it. Sorry, I'll stop talking now.
1: <laughs> no, no, I think, I, I think it's amazing. stuff stuff. For, for the people that want to see what you're doing, uh, where can they find it?
3: Um, I mean I've, I'm all over the place annoyingly to most people but um, if you would like to subscribe to my YouTube channel that would be amazing Um, the webinars go up there fast talkers has, uh, has been up there as well which is a show I also do um, and uh, yeah it'd be great if you come and join me for the ride into being a commentator for the first time because I'll probably do some videos about that too
1: you drive a few cars as well don't you
3: Oh yeah, I just I've just um, driven a Kia, but the, the electric Kia.
0: Oh, the e-Niro? Yeah, and I. Oh, I used it. to sell them.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah, you I, I I Jenny a... reviews
0: them, and you used to sell them. Oh, that's <laughs> that's uh yeah. I left school and went to work for a garage doing their social media and their 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 digital media strategy, and they they're literally sold out of e-Niros within about two weeks because
3: mm. they're amazing. Enough. They're really they're really good cars. I was really impressed by it, and. I desperately would love to go from a diesel, which I drive now, to an electric car. So it's something that I'm I'm quite passionate about, and I I would love to be able to do. So yeah, let's let's talk afterwards.
1: Um, guys, again, thank thank you so much for your time, and um, let, let's talk again this time. You know, later on in the year, let's catch up. Let's see how we're doing.
2: Sounds sounds like a plan to catch up. I was just going to say it's, it's really really good that you kind of get the new the new breed and the new uh, wave of fans and broadcasters like yourself as well. So. I kind of wish you all the best in your endeavours to get into the paddock and cover it as much as you desperately want to. I think you should keep on making those inroads, but I'm, I'm really happy and kind of makes me, it does make me genuinely happy to see new people coming into the paddock to replace some of the older heads, dinosaur-esque mentality because um, we need the new, wave of, the new wave of coverage and new wave of enthusiasts, so. No,
1: thanks, thanks. Have... I appreciate it. And I, re- I really truly believe that you can you can make an F1 podcast talking about uh, Lewis Hamilton and and how he did in a race every every day long, but actually, if you understand the inner workings of motorsport, that's where you get the real true fans. And I think you know yourselves you've both explained how in in such uh, you know amazing ways how this all works. And the next time our listeners turn on Sky Sports or they you know they, they listen to yourselves, they're going to think about this, and that's what makes a difference. So uh,
2: thank you. No worries. Thank you for having us.
1: And if you want to subscribe to our, no, I'm only really joking. Uh, right, we'll leave it there.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: we don't do that. Well, do um, yes we do? it. That's exactly what we do. You've no, got you do it. it. You do it. What now? Right, what, now. like like I send you the clips of. No, no, right now. Oh, uh, what? Like as in just talking normally, yeah, not yeah. in my new from Azure JML and the range voice. Not that. No, that one. That one. Right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you please promote our podcast Facebook group,
0: Will? For all of our Facebook podcast enthusiasts new from Facebook and Instagram, it's the Formula Nerds Facebook podcast chat. <laughs>
3: can you do, that? Can you do, that? do not,
2: that? Not without tripping over my words.
3: Do something like it.
2: I don't know what the word is.
3: <laughs> Just give them a plug for Formula Nerds that they can use.
2: Everybody that's out there that's currently listening in, to this, I highly recommend you listen to the Formula Nerds.
1: Why don't you do it like he did it? Really good. No, voice. that was better. As, As that that was an a AS... AS... voice. <laughs> do
2: that voice. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> no. <laughs> I shot.
1: <laughs> Jenny, come on now. You're a podcast
2: presenter. Yeah, you're a your like professional. Vo- do you know she used to do the links like that? Was the Anton Dec Saturday Night Takeaway coming up after the break? No, in. you were a continuity announcer. Amazing. <laughs>
3: Yeah, um, so
2: there you go. Give us well, why wasn't that in our
1: notes, guys? Who
2: missed that bit out <laughs> of the research?
3: Well, i uh, have done a shoddy work uh, not being able to research that part of my life.
2: Are you, are, <laughs> I, I, I used to be her boss, which is how we met.
3: That at, is true. At
2: Sky, oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> why? I mean, we're married now with a child. I think it's okay to reveal the fact that we dated, I was, get, yeah, <laughs> <Basically>
2: <laughs> kind of in public held hands,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, generally, one of the best bosses I've ever worked for. Apart from when he changed the script while I was live doing sports news and was just changing and putting rude words in. You
2: know, like the Ron, Ron Burgundy go fuck yourself San Diego. you <laughs> would be like switching sentences in there and kind of watching how they deal with stuff. You did very good, actually.
3: Thanks. Yeah, yeah do you have 15 seconds? Go on, then. What do you want me to say? Tonight. What do you want me to say?
1: Um, say that we, we we should be accredited by Formula One FIA. Um, say all of your credentials and say how amazing we are. I'm only joking, by the way. You freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: oh, now you've got me at it now. I don't know. What oh, to say no, well. oh, oh, no, I'm under
0: pressure.
3: Facebook. Do you do you like people to follow you on Facebook? or on
0: YouTube. Our channel needs a boost. YouTube. No, no, and, and Formula FormulaNodes.com. Yeah.
1: That's the place.
3: You've done it. You've done it better than I could. No, don't
1: no, no.
2: Oh, you're not going to do it? That's no, just...
3: you... Okay. Being with Formula Nerds has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. So join us. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel right now.
4: <laughs> oh, I love... that,
0: that's our intro now. That was so <laughs> BBC. That was brilliant. That was what? amazing. <laughs> because
2: I've known her for so long, she has a different voice when she does continuity. It's yeah, on. I just put it on. It goes down to a slightly different tone.
3: What's my commentary voice going to be like That's
1: the question? Well, it's not high-pitched. That's going to be my ringtone now. I'm going to set that ringtone every time. <laughs> Hello,
3: <laughs> welcome to Formula Nerds. You're listening to a Formula Nerds production.
1: Oh, God, right. I, we'll get in contact. We're, we're, we're going to go somewhere with that. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. You, 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 you're both fantastic people. Will, thank you. Emma, thank you. And um, we'll see you next week.
2: Catch up soon.
1: Take okay, guys.
3: Bye-bye. Thanks for Take having us. So well. well. Have, Have a good evening. Podcast Network.